And um, I'm just so excited, mostly because what I'm speaking to you about today is something that I'm also working with. It's not like I already mastered this and I'm ready to, you know, tell you how to do it. It's something that I'm, I'm there with you. So let's just dive right in. My message is called How to Be Grateful in Three Easy Steps. And it's supposed to be a little bit sarcastic because it's not easy. There's three steps, but they're not easy. Um, so number one. I don't know how many people here like math. Are you guys into math? Okay. I've been good at math, but I don't like math. Okay. But my favorite thing that I learned in math was called the absolute value. And so the absolute value, basically take a number, you put it between the bars, and you get the same number, but in a positive result. So if it's negative 10, the absolute value of negative 10 would be just 10. The absolute value of negative one trillion is one trillion. You know, it's never a negative result. It's always a positive result. So let's take a look at an example of how one situation went through a spiritual absolute value and came out with a positive result. We're going to go into Acts chapter 15, verses 25 to 30. And if you're wondering what this towel is, it's because when I get nervous, I sweat. So... Okay, and it says in verse 25, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his own sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted, stop, don't kill yourself, we're all here. So then the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling, kind of like I'm doing right now, before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So the first thing we got to acknowledge here is in verse 25, we're going to park there for a little bit, is what time of day it was. It says it was around midnight. And they weren't just in jail, they were in a dungeon. And, and a couple of verses before that, it says that not only were they in a dungeon, but they were severely beaten, and on top of that, the jailer clamped down their feet in stocks. I don't know if you know, have you ever seen like medieval movies where somebody's hanging there with a, with a thing and the hand, it's supposed to be shameful, but it clamps them down, so he put stocks in their legs, and he, they were chained down, and they were severely beaten. They were probably, their clothes were all messed up, so they weren't even fully clothed. Um, and all of that because they got accused um, of doing something illegal, okay? <clears throat> um, and the next thing we got we to gotta look at in verse 25 is what they were doing. At midnight, they were singing and praying while being injured, while being chained down, well, being clamped down, I don't know about you, but if I'm walking around my house and I stub my pinky toe on, on the corner of something, the last thing I'm doing is singing and praying at that moment. I'm sorry, I just got to be real. <laughs> and you know, my favorite part of a whole service is the worship time, because that's the only time that we give something to God. You know, during the message, um, we get something from God, but during worship, when we're singing, 
That's when we give something to God. And so the third thing we got to acknowledge in the same verse is that the other prisoners were listening. So sometimes we think we're not noticed, but there's a lot of people watching us. And especially if they're, if they're new to faith, the, their friends will be like, are they really Christian? Let me just do this that I know bothers them and see if they react in a Christian manner. Um, but the prisoners were listening to Paul and Silas. And there's prisoners to sin who are listening and watching us at all times. In verse 26, it says, And suddenly there was a massive earthquake. The prison was shaken, and the chains fell, and the doors flew wide open, and the stocks broke. So you see, Paul and Silas began to worship because they took the absolute value of their problem, and they got a positive result. The prison began to shake to its foundations. The chains fell off, and not just Paul's and not just Silas, everybody's chains fell off, and all the doors were open. <clears throat> so I just want you to think, whatever you're going through, you know, take your problem and put it through the spiritual absolute value. There will always be a positive result, whether it's a lesson learned or whether it's for you to grow, whether it's for you to mature. Amen. You know, <clears throat> sometimes I hear people, you know what, I, I'm, I'm having trouble with my marriage, the absolute value. Oh, I got a, a, a really negative doctor's report, the absolute value. You know, I have two brothers who grew up with me in the church, but they don't, they don't go to church. And my prayer, and I came to realize with this, was that if I pray and if I sing and if I worship God and I bring it to him, this problem will come out with a positive result. And I'm believing that. Amen? <clears throat> so... When you put your problems through the spiritual absolute value, you're not only getting blessed yourself, but you're also impacting and blessing others around you who are just there listening to you or just watching you from afar. Amen? The next point is consistency. Okay, we're going to go to Malachi 3.6 for this. <clears throat> and it says, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you, descendants of Jacob, are not already destroyed. Um, I was reading something interesting. It was, a, it was an interview uh, done to the marketing person to, of, um, who manages the Home Depot. And they said that everything down to the shade of orange that they use in the letters Home Depot is um, done on purpose. <clears throat> and they said this, which was really interesting. He said... Consistency inspires confidence. It's not easy for us to be always doing the same things. Um, even if you're a creature of a habit, you do the same thing over and over, it's still not easy for us. Why does consistency inspire confidence? Because it takes a certain level of discipline to be consistent. People who show discipline are, are most likely to be trusted. And so businesses take this and apply it to their model, okay? So God never changes, but people think that God changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. But in fact, it's us and our culture and our times that have changed. God never changed. Because if God changed, the second part of, of verse 6 would not, would not be written down. We would have already been destroyed. 
we crave to be trusted. We want to be put in the highest position. No, I want to be the next CEO. But you don't want to start as an intern. No, I want to be the next. Oh, this is something that, that a friend of mine used to tell me. I want to be the next NBA player. But he never took the time to go practice. He never got there. <clears throat> My husband, he didn't get to be in that level of, of guitar player, a level of musician, without the discipline he took to practice for hours a day since he was eight years old. Okay, so he didn't just wake up and be a good musician. <clears throat> People want the prophetic word, but they don't want to do the work. Okay, each of us has a calling over our lives, and I, every time that I'm up here, I'm always saying the same thing. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has something that they're meant to do. But, you know, being stuck at that cubicle at work and then going home like nothing happened, that's not what you were meant to do. Being the waitress when you really want to be the chef, the head chef of that restaurant, is not really what you're supposed to do. And it's not to get yelled at by a manager who doesn't even know your name and then go home and act like nothing happened. But nobody in their right mind is going to give someone a promotion or a new title without seeing their discipline. You know, you can't, you can't just say, you know, I really want to be the the next CEO of this company, but then you're using all your sick days when you're not really sick. You know, that's not going to happen. So you receive the prophetic word from someone over your life, but you don't want to do the prophetic work. You're meant to connect with the God that never changes. The one that gave you a purpose, the one that wants you here on a Sunday morning, the one that wants you to pray. You know, house prayers coming up next uh, in January next year. House prayer every first Wednesday of the month. <clears throat> the one that wants you to serve in his house. So how do we show God we're grateful? By showing him how consistent we are with the calling that he's put, placed in our lives. So consistency equals discipline, which equals success. <clears throat> and my last point, we're going to go to Romans 12, verse, verses 11 to 13. And I'm just going to read to you from the message uh, version. And it says, uh, it's Paul writing here. <clears throat> and this first part really touched me. He said, don't burn out. <clears throat> Thanks, Paul. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert. Servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. I love that part. Be inventive in hospitality. Not just do whatever it takes to get by, but be inventive. And, and I, Pastor Tom just, just told us that um, because of Aaron's work and dedication, we've fed uh, 18 families this year, 19 families this year. That's inventive hospitality. <clears throat> right now, the world is in a state of confusion. The things that were once unquestionable or undeniable are beginning to get confusing. It's like society is going backwards. Uh, and <clears throat> I don't want to make a right here, but there's some people that believe that the world is flat. Okay? Like, we started believing that, and then we got the science to prove that it's not, but now we're going backwards and saying, yeah, the world is flat. No, it's not. You know, we're losing the grip on reality and on the pillars of truth, and it's slowly creeping into the church. Now we're questioning, did God really do this, or was it just science? Uh, uh, did God really want me to wait until marriage to have sex? Or, or is that just like old-fashioned? 
you know, is abortion really wrong? Is it really racist if I'm nice to them to their face, but behind their back, you know, I'm saying slurs and things that, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be saying? You know, we're slowly losing the grip of, rea- of what is reality. So when God calls us towards living with passion, we get scared because in the midst of everybody else's confusion, we're right there with them. <clears throat> oh, Lord, if, if I live with passion, people are going to start to point me out and they're going to start to hate me. But let me tell you, like, I've been, I moved to Butler recently and, and I've been meeting new people, um, people that I never thought I would ever go out and, and hang out with. And they're, they're inviting me and, and they say, well... Why, why did you move to Butler in the first place? And I say, well, you know, I really wanted to be close to my church. And they're like, oh, so you go to church. You know, and, and they're, they're expecting more. They're, they're, I wrote it down here. It says, um, the world is thirsty. You know, those of you who are young right now, hashtag thirsty. The world is thirsty. And, and that's why Jesus says in John 4, 14, that whoever drinks from his water will never be thirsty. Okay. Will you be rejected by some people? Yeah, you will. You know, will you lose friends because suddenly instead of, instead of hanging out after work on a Wednesday, you're coming here and connecting to a life group? Well, yeah, they're going to be pretty upset. But this world is thirsty, and they're thirsty for the truth. And that truth is Jesus. Jesus is calling us to go into the world and tell everyone about him and the good news. <clears throat> Sorry. I, you know, I really went to, um, recently went to a youth convention. Um, it was a couple of weeks ago. And I was just overwhelmed by the amount of teenagers that were, were worshiping God with such a passion. Um, can, we, can we have that video playing? I was all the way in the back because as soon as the doors to the sanctuary were open, there was already young people waiting there at the door. Like, as soon as that door opens, I'm going to run to the stage and I'm going to worship and I'm going to be jumping up and down and I'm going to be lifting my hands. There was, the, the girls that were with me, they were amazed. They were like, wow, the, I was standing next to the person who just said the prophetic word. And I said, yes, those are things that happen when you live with passion. And people think, you know, teenagers are just apathetic to the word of God. No, they're not, they're not apathetic. You know, just, they just mimic what surrounds them. So you see, if, if you go home and you don't read your Bible, they're not going to read their Bible. If you go home and you don't talk about the Word of God, they're not going to read the Word of God. And if, if you come to church and, and you just look sad all the time, they're not going to be lifting their hands. They're not going to be jumping. They're not, they're not going to be passionately worshiping God either. I did a little investigating and I came to find out that 96%, 96 of teenagers leave the church after high school. They go to college and they don't go back to the church. And only a small percentage of them come back, but not while in the college years. They come back after you know, another phase in life. Maybe they get married or maybe they start a family or they get older. That's a small percentage of them come back. <clears throat> so when you take that passion... 
and you really live it out, you'll see your friends here at the altar. You know, I'm, I'm standing on the stage, but this is really an altar where we, we worship God. Okay? You'll see your friends here. You'll see your cousin, your best friend, your neighbor. They're going to be here with you. But all you have to do is live with that passion. <clears throat> and it's hard to live with passion when you feel like your walk with Christ is uncomfortable. A couple of weeks ago, God used my son Jace um, to teach me or show me something. You know, he was packing up for school in the morning. And um, he has this little tiny backpack where all he needs to take is his lunch and his folder. That's it. But he had put in things that he didn't really need. He had stuffed it with a lot of things. And so he tried to put it on his back. And he had this puffy jacket and everything, and it wouldn't fit. So, you know, mornings are already tough for a five-year-old. So um, he was struggling. He's like, it's too heavy, Mommy. My husband knows that that fit. He just couldn't put it on. So I just simply looked at him and I said, then take out the things that you don't need. And he's like, no, no, I want to take it. Okay. Then you figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) That's him. He was not very happy. Um, He's carrying all these things in his backpack that he didn't really need. And that just dawned on me. some of us go around in our walk with Christ with carrying extra things that the devil didn't place there. We like to blame the devil a lot, but sometimes he didn't place it there. God certainly didn't place it there. It's us, but we don't want to face the things that are inside. We don't want to come to terms with it. And so we just carry it around saying, oh my God, God, this is so hard. I don't want to carry this. And God's just saying, you know, if you just open it up, If you just take out the things that you don't need, all this garbage, you don't need that. Take it out. But we don't want to come face to face with it. All this dirty laundry, this extra bag that you don't need, this apron that shouldn't be there. What? (laughs) But we're saying, God, I don't want to come to terms with this, this dirty laundry. But God is saying, if you come to me, I'll wash it with my blood. That's why I died in the cross. And I rose again so that I could wash your dirty laundry with, your, with my blood. Oh, but God, all these pictures, you know, of my past, and I don't like it. Oh, but God is saying, I can consume them with my fire. Just, just take it out. Just take it out. And all of a sudden, your burden is light. And walking with Christ is not as hard as we think it is. And living with passion is not as hard as we thought it was. Counseling? Nah, man. I don't like to be vulnerable. I don't like to go to counseling. So you never come to terms with those things that God's telling you to take out. You know, if you just simply take out the things that you don't need, wow. You start living with passion. And so you might be saying, you know, Jackie, I really want to live my life with passion, but sometimes I lay awake at night and I'm just wondering, is God even real? Can God really heal me and my family? You know, let me tell you, choosing to believe that God is who he claimed to be, the son of God, the one who died on the cross and and came back to life three days later to give us eternal salvation, you know, that 
receiving him as your Lord and Savior, that's the most vital thing you can do in your life right now. He, if, you want, if you want life, he is life. If we need cleansing, he is the living water. You know, if, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, don't leave this place today without doing so. It's the best thing that you'll ever do in your whole life. But your first step is to just say, Jesus, you know, I believe that you're the Son of God, the one that died for me and, and, and for my sins, and I choose to believe that you came to my rescue, and I ask for your forgiveness, but most importantly, I receive your grace and your forgiveness. So if you're ready to take that step of faith, or you just want to reignite your relationship with Jesus, or if you just simply want to worship God, you know, we're about to worship soon. Just come up. You know, the altars are open. Um, worship him. Right now we're going we're gonna to sing a worship song. Just don't be afraid. Amen? God bless you.